0: This is Kelly Clarkson. If you love awesome music, then you also have a soft spot for TV's number one singing competition, The Voice. This season, it'll be bigger and better than ever with Adam Blake, Jennifer Hudson, and the reigning champ, moi.
1: I've won The Voice six times.
0: There is life beyond Blake. I wanna be a cowboy. I can do all that too. Your turn, Blake. (laughs) Watch Team Kelly on The Voice. Not to brag, but I am the returning champ. Followed by the premiere of Manifest tonight on NBC. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or was just too hard to ask your partner, welcome to The Sex Wrap.
1: Hi, welcome to the first episode of The Sex Wrap. We are so excited to introduce this podcast to you as it's something we've been trying to get up and running for quite a while now. Um, so first we're going to talk a little bit about what we want to do with this podcast. We'll introduce ourselves and then we'll get into it. So we are doing this podcast because there's so many questions that people have about sex, especially young people. And so one of the things that we think is that there's a lot of people that are too afraid to ask questions at home.
2: They're too, oh, hi uh there's actually two people in this podcast (laughs) yeah so yeah and and often we're too embarrassed to ask them at home just like i'm embarrassed that people are going to be listening to me making mistakes on the air yeah there we go and finally
1: (laughs) sometimes too embarrassed to ask at school as well And also, sometimes it's just too hard to talk to your partner about some of these things. So that's why we started this, and that's what we're going to be doing here. And why don't we introduce ourselves? Andrew?
2: Hi, uh, so I'm Andrew Porter. Uh, I am a sex researcher, and I'm a professor at the University of Miami enjoying beautiful sunshine and palm trees all year round.
1: And I'm Spring Cooper. I am a professor at CUNY School of Public Health in New York City, and I do not get palm trees, and I certainly don't get warm weather all year, but I do get all that New York City has to offer.
2: Which is awesome. And uh, we both love to talk about sex. Uh, it's what we do for a living. It's who we are as people. So please feel free to send us any questions that you might have uh, that we're more than willing to answer at thesexrap at gmail.com. Or you can call them in at 413-I-RAP-IT. Um, that's rap with a W-R-A-P. 497-2748. Um,
1: And I would be super psyched if you guys want to wrap us your questions also. Um, And we will actually, if you um, record one of those on our phone number, we can then play those on the podcast as well. So that would be awesome if you want to call in questions.
2: Yeah, And we already have some questions I've been asking uh, students and young people, uh, and there's a lot of uh, different topics that we could cover, but something that came up a lot was uh, about orgasm for women, or female orgasm. Um, and a lot of young women have been asking questions. I had a question from a young uh, white woman who was 20 years old who's asked, uh, will she ever just orgasm from intercourse?
1: So... What's really funny is that we don't know that much about female orgasms. We have research about female orgasms and we understand some things, but we definitely don't understand as much as we do about the male orgasm. And so, we talk about a few different types of orgasms that women can have. And so there's an orgasm from the clitoris. Um, and then some people talk about an internal orgasm, which may or may not be related to the clitoral orgasm. And then we also talk about uh, orgasming from the G-spot and the G-spot also could be related to this kind of more internal orgasm that people talk about. So. When we're talking about female orgasm, there's a lot of different uh, ways that people could orgasm during different types of sexual interactions. So if we're talking about intercourse, um, it is possible to orgasm from intercourse, but sometimes you have to get a little creative. So if we're thinking about, for example, a clitoral orgasm, then the clitoris is going to need stimulation during intercourse. And so if you don't want to include something else in your play. So this question is, will I orgasm from just intercourse? That's implying, I guess, that you don't want to use some type of vibrator or other toy during sex. Then that means that you have to be in a position where the clitoris is getting direct stimulation during sexual intercourse. And then that would actually provide a way to um, orgasm during intercourse.
2: Yeah. uh, And I I think that it's important for people to understand that intercourse is more than just uh, this simple act of, you know, a phallus being placed into an orifice. There's a lot more that can go on. Um, So when someone says just intercourse, um, that makes me think that they're really not exploring all of the other options that are available. Um, There are fingers, there are hands, there are mouths. Um, Intercourse is really a broader term. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. And um, I mean, so Even just thinking about um, broadening the sense of what is sex, I think that there's a lot more possibilities and uh, ways to think about orgasming during sex. Um, And I don't know why some people kind of think of a female orgasming during Penile vaginal intercourse as like kind of the holy grail, but people do think that oh wow if I can orgasm in this way without using some type of toy that it's somehow better, um, which doesn't doesn't really ring true with me. Um, but that does kind of seem to be a myth or a hope, I guess, in some people's relationships.
2: Well, when we look at the research, there's uh, quite a few studies that have actually examined this, and it seems that about 70% of women are going to need some kind of external. Uh, a minimum of 70% of women are going to need some kind of external stimulation or clitoral stimulation for them to have an orgasm during penetrative intercourse. So penetration alone is not going to be enough for most women. So, I mean, the answer to this question is the majority of women are going to need um, more than just penetration, right? Um, but I think it's really interesting that you brought up the other kinds of orgasm that we discussed for women, the female orgasm. Um, you talked about the, the potential of a G-spot orgasm, um, and then internal-only orgasm as well. Uh, and there's also some research when we look at the internal orgasm that it's actually stimulating the internal parts of the clitoris because if the external part is really um very small compared to the entire body of the clitoris which actually the roots of it uh go all the way around the entrance of the vagina as well so often those internal orgasms are probably um just stimulation of a larger part of the clitoris that's not visible externally
1: mm-hmm. yeah and um i think so uh, and we can talk about um the G-spot orgasm a little, too, and thinking about um, different uh, angles for any type of intercourse, any type of insertion that would actually stimulate the G-spot, which then would allow orgasm during penetration as well.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, And for those of you who don't know, the G-spot is typically uh, an inch or so, one to two inches in on the upper inside of the vagina. Is that the best way to describe it?
1: Yeah, so if you kind of think about a couple inches below the belly button, I think is an easy way to think of it too, kind of on the front of a woman's body.
2: Yeah, that's great. Um, And this really relates well to another question that I I got. This was from a 21-year-old female student who was really interested if women can orgasm from anal. So talking about yet another kind of orgasm a woman could have through some kind of penetrative intercourse.
1: So, I mean, if we're, again, we're, Talking about these uh, specific kind of female orgasms that can occur, um, it's unlikely that the G-spot or the internal or the clitoral orgasm would happen from anal intercourse. Um, It's possible that the angle could hit the G-spot. I think that it's more likely that a woman would orgasm through clitoral stimulation during anal intercourse. That would be, I expect, the most likely scenario.
2: Yeah. uh, So with men, there's the prostate that's stimulated during anal intercourse, and that's something that's uh, specifically going, or or for many men, they find pleasurable, that's going to lead to orgasm. But for women, um, yeah, what uh, Spring mentioned, it's probably going to be some of that external stimulation of the the clitoris that's going to cause it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And there are some other questions that uh, relate to this as well. Um, There's another question from um, a young woman who's really concerned that using a vibrator would decrease her overall sensitivity of the clitoris and make orgasm harder for her in the future, especially with a partner when she's not using the toy.
1: So this is something that's uh, a common question among both males and females about kind of using a strong stimulation to orgasm. And so sometimes in males, it's called death grip syndrome, or like a really tight grip during masturbation, or in females using really intense vibrating action uh, to create an orgasm. Um, And so it is possible that you can kind of desensitize or really really not desensitize, I, th- I think that's uh, incorrect terminology, but become um, kind Acclimated. of condition yourself. Yeah. Condition yourself to a certain scenario and um, using that scenario so often to have yourself orgasm um, then kind of creates that pathway in the brain. And it's actually more psychological than it is uh, damaging of any nerve endings or anything like that. You would have to do um quite a lot of very high intensity <laughs> vibrations that actually damage those nerves. That um is I would say that's very, 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 very rare if almost uh if almost Merely impossible.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've ever read anything about people damaging themselves, but certainly uh, people become acclimated to that really intense kind of stimulation. Um, so if someone's in this situation, uh, what would need to happen, do you think, to help them if they've become that sensitized?
0: This is Kelly Clarkson. If you love awesome music, then you also have a soft spot for TV's number one singing competition, The Voice. This season, it'll be bigger and better than ever with Adam Blake, Jennifer Hudson, and the reigning champ, moi.
1: I've won The Voice six times.
0: There is life beyond Blake. I want to be a cowboy. I can do all that too. Yo, Tara, Blake. (laughs) Watch Team Kelly on The Voice. Not to brag, but I am the returning champ. Followed by the premiere
2: of Manifest tonight on NBC. Um, Or desensitized.
1: (laughs) Again, I wouldn't say desensitized, but we would say um, you need to actually recondition yourself. Um, And so that can take some time, but it would involve not using that method to orgasm anymore. Um, And then working at different types and working at different ways to try to orgasm um and so it would be mostly um, trying different ways of touching trying different um hand um and if you're working with a partner you could do oral things as well um but different ways of touching to try to figure out um what feels good and then um working to build that toward orgasm. And I think that it does take a while to actually do that reconditioning. And it takes a lot of um, internal strength as well to kind of not go back to what you're used to doing, what you feel like, uh, you know, works for you, but you can um, start to recreate those pathways. And the other thing I have to say, though, is um, if you really like um, orgasming from your vibrator, um, there's no need to really let go of that. I think that you can incorporate that into play with a partner and talk about with your partner, um, the reason that that specific orgasm is so good for you and that you like that. And I don't think that you have to give it up and you don't have to retrain yourself.
2: Um, yeah, that's great. And if we look, I know for men, there are several communities that directly discuss this. There's a NoFap community NoFap, huh? uh, community on Reddit um, that talks about helping men uh, break away from death grip. And I don't know if there's the same kind of community for women for this sort of stimulation, but um, uh, I'll put, make sure that we put the link for the men's NoFap uh, where they learn to recondition away from death grip. And if we can find something, we'll put it for women as well. Yeah, great. And uh, I have another question about orgasm for women. And and this is from a a 22-year-old African American woman. And she asks, why is it so hard to orgasm? So throughout her life, she's had a really difficult time ever having an orgasm with herself or with a partner.
1: So there's a couple of things that contribute to this for women. One is that There's kind of not a lot of talk about it. There's not a lot of, um, explanation and open discussion about how females have orgasms. And so a lot of women are kind of left, um, not understanding this and not exploring it. And I think that that actually contributes to a lot of women, um, not being orgasmic for quite a while or, um, till later in life or later in their sexual lives. Um, it even if women start having sex, they often, um, take a much longer time to actually start exploring their bodies themselves and really get to a place where they know what kind of touching feels good and what can make them orgasm. And so I think part of it is just that overall culture and this kind of, uh, delayed, um, female exploration of sexuality. Um, and another thing is that, um, there's often some psychological blockages. So if someone is having a really hard time, um, orgasming, it could be that there's something else kind of blocking that some kind of, um, guilt or uncertainty or anxiety around it uh, that could be kind of um, getting in the way of being um, relaxed enough and allowing that, that orgasm to emerge.
2: Yeah. Uh, and something else that comes up pretty frequently whenever we're looking at sex uh, is that a lot of people have this goal-oriented sex where they make orgasm the most important component rather than making it a process of intimacy and enjoyment and fun through the whole process. And what we see is that people who get really focused on this goal have a much harder time of getting there. And when they get there, often they don't even have as much satisfaction. So sometimes it's about reworking how you're thinking about um, sexual interactions with other people. If it's just about an orgasm at the end, it's probably not... going to be as good and you're going to have a harder time getting there than if you actually think about the entire uh interaction with that person um as a process that's unfolding and the entire thing will be more pleasurable and fun even if there isn't an orgasm at the end
1: i mean how fun is that to make it all about the whole process that's amazing you can have fun the whole time
2: yeah it's great uh (laughs) And we'll be talking about male centric orgasms in a few weeks uh when we have some questions about that but we don't have time today um I do have one last question for us uh, <laughs> and, and I thought like this one was really funny uh, it comes up in social it comes up in social media it comes up uh, pretty frequently as a joke um but I had a a young woman ask me if squirting was a real thing and if it is how does it happen
1: so <laughs> squirting is a real thing um there's some myths around it. I mean, so some people say everyone can do it. Some people say it's not even related to orgasm. It's just pee. Some people say, I mean, there's there's a lot of ideas going on about kind of what this is and how many people can do it and how you get to it. Um, I would say from what we know scientifically, um, some women do exert liquids (laughs) during (laughs) the orgasm. Um, we don't know what all of that is. We think some of it could be, um, some vaginal secretions, some possible just kind of, uh, um, stuff that comes out of what is the G spot, um, which would be, what do we call that? Like a, um, is it like a sugary liquid actually? Um, and then it could also be some pee mixed in there as well. Um, so yes, sporting is a thing. Um, not every woman can do it. I think that um, it's also one of those things that I feel like is a very weird goal to set for somebody because um, sometimes when it when a woman does sport it's actually not that pleasurable because a lot of times the um stimulation to get to that point is quite intense and uh could be feel quite overwhelming and um might not be the most pleasurable thing for a woman.
2: Yeah, and then the cleanup afterwards, right? (laughs) Who sleeps in that wet spot tonight? (laughs)
1: Um yeah, so I mean, um Sure. Explore it if you want to. Um, I'm always, uh, for people exploring any type of, uh, thing they want to explore a little more, but, um, I don't, I don't think that this is the, uh, most exciting, um, sexual thing in the world. <laughs>
2: Yeah, And and if you're listening, if you have any stories you want to tell us about your experiences with female orgasm or squirting or vibrators or reconditioning, we'd love to hear your stories as well and um, even play parts of your stories if you're willing to release it uh, in future podcasts when we continue to talk about these issues. But uh, unfortunately, we are out of time uh, for today. We've hit the end of our podcast, which is a spring's favorite part because we are (laughs) at The period.
1: <laughs> and so at the end of each podcast, uh, we'll call it the period as in the end. Um, and I do love periods. That's what my whole PhD was focused around. And so at the period, we'll do something kind of little funny or, um, uh, maybe some outtakes or, um, sharing something a little more personal about us. Uh, it'll kind of vary week by week. Um, but this week I'm going to share with you, uh, the joke I made up for my sister's wedding present. And it happened that I kind of made it up accidentally, and then it became her wedding present because we were at the Grand Canyon out in the woods. And so the joke that I made up is, "What do you call a pickled deer?" Andrew, uh, do you know?
2: <laughs> I, I, I know now, um, but, but but no, spring. Why don't you tell everybody <laughs> what you call a pickled deer?
1: A dilled doe. A dildo, oh. a dildo!
2: Oh, so <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, oh. Sister, but continue, there's more to the story, yes. there's more to the story, it gets my even better. My sister
1: loved that joke so much. Uh, my parents were horrified, but my sister loved the joke so much that um, on the following weekend after the wedding at the Grand Canyon, she and her friends went on a uh, hiking uh, girls weekend. And they had a competition to see who could tell that joke to the most people first. So every time they were hiking along and they'd interact with another group of people they'd come into contact (laughs) with, they would all like casually be saying, hi, hi. And then they'd try to run over each other to be the first one to say, what do you call a pickled deer? What do you call a pickled (laughs) deer? Which I love. So this joke is making its way through the world now.
2: Happy wedding,
1: sister.
2: Yeah, good luck with the joke. Uh, Let (laughs) us know how people respond when you share the wedding gift. Um,
1: And be sure to connect with us on all of our social medias. Uh, You can email us at thesextrap at gmail.com.
2: You can call us at 413-I-WRAP-IT.
1: You can Instagram us uh, at thesextrap.
2: And we're on Facebook as well, also at The Sex Rap.
1: And Twitter at The Sex Rap. We got it locked down.
2: Yeah, awesome. Um, so thanks for listening, everybody, and uh let us know what you think. Bye. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school,
0: or just too af- blah, 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 blah.